Good morning, good morning, good morning, and hope all is well with you and yours, for this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord, for God is good, and he's worthy, worthy, worthy to be praised. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had an extraordinary week on this um, week, amen, this past week, and I'm just so grateful for every week's extraordinary. Why? Because I am living, and I'm in this, um, have an opportunity to be able to... Um, Continually give his name, the honor, and the praise. I ask that you don't see that day as we are in virtual mode on today, amen. And we do believe there is a word from the Lord to share with you on today as we still in the year of hope. I don't know about you, but it just seems like every Sunday there's just been a power packed message that only many of you have told me that that message has been right on time for me, Pastor. And I believe today would fall right in line with that. So I ask that God continue to anoint me to say the things that He's called me to say, to be who He's called me to be, and to pray how He's called me to pray. Amen. As we go forward on this day. Without any further ado, we'll go right into our worship service. This Sister Dom. Dominique is there waiting on, waiting on us, and we want to give her ample time, amen, to go in. And we're just so grateful, grateful, grateful. How many get just grateful this morning? How many get just grateful to know that without God, you'll be nothing? You'll be a ship without a sail, amen. I looked on yesterday, and there was thousands and thousands of football games played on yesterday. People were up 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning to be able to stand in line to get a ticket, amen. But I asked, what more would it be? But you just even get on your phone. I'm not even asking you to go down the street or, or go anywhere, but just to get on your phone or get on your tablet. Just to be able to give God the honor and the praise. He's do that much from you. So without further ado, we'll go right into our praise and worship on this morning. Sister Dominique, it's on you. Good morning. It's such an honor and a privilege. I say it every way, every week. It's not mundane words. It's truly an honor and a privilege to come and worship with you all. To worship with you and the living God. Hallelujah. Tragedies are commonplace, all kinds of diseases are slipping away. Economy's down, can't get enough pay. Jesus, I'm 
about you, but I have sought to be great. Maybe early, but I everything that he, everything big, everything small. He amazing God. Don't miss the opportunity this morning to thank him for being good. Don't thank him. Matter of fact, don't even thank him for what he's done. Just thank him for who he is. encourage you to come and lay down the burdens you've been carrying
bless you. How many of you love him this morning? How many of you love him more than anything, anything, anything to know that he is our God, that he's our king, that he's our peace, that he's our strength, to know that he is God and that he's God alone and besides him, there is no other from the rising of the sun to the going down the same. He's so Worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. Come on, somebody. Why don't you lift your hands in the place? Wherever you are, there is the sanctuary. Amen. Lay your hands up right now. Raise your hands up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, usher him into the place. The atmosphere has already been set for a miracle on this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Come on, come on, come on. God has been good to us. He's been good to us. Come on, come on, put your hands. I know you had a rough week. I know you've been through some things, but he's here right now. For God is here. It could have been you that was out on that street and all alone, amen. But he didn't allow it. And then all the things that have gone on and all the things that we find ourselves in and all the stuff that's going around us, he is still God. He is still God, and he's worthy to be praised. He's worthy. He's worthy of our praise on this morning. I don't care where you find yourself. Amen. But that give him name, his name the honor. Give his name the praise. All for somebody else is suffering somewhere. Amen. And I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad that he's opened up doors for us. He's kept us, oh God. We don't do this for form or fashion. Amen. But we do this because he's good. Amen. We do this because he's wonderful. He's kind. He just loved us. Hallelujah. I thank him for putting himself in front of us. Amen. I thank him. I thank him. I thank him. How many of you are grateful this morning? How many of you are just grateful that it could have been you that was outdoors? It could have been you that was no food. It could have been you, hallelujah, but he's been good to us. Why don't you worship this morning? Put your hands up as a sign of surrender to him. Why don't you worship, 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 hallelujah, for I'm just grateful for who he is. 
and who he is in our lives. Come on, somebody. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's usher him in on this morning. For God is good. He's good. He's good. And no matter what goes on in my life, he's still good. No matter where I find myself, he's still good. No matter what's going on all around me, he's still good. He's protecting us. He's keeping us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, for you are El Shaddai. You're the lily of the valley. You're the bright and morning star. And Lord, we give your name the honor this morning. Lord, we give your name the praise on the day, oh God, to know that you have made us and not we ourselves, oh God. For you are Jehovah Jireh, Lord, that you are our provider, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord G. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord G, for you the shield of faith, oh God, to put your arms all around us, oh God. Love on us right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Has he been good to you? If you just touch and agree with me right now over the airways, he's been good to you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we just so grateful, 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 grateful. Let's go into a word of prayer. Oh, Lord, the Father, Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning. Lord, we want to say we thank you. Lord, we thank you for waking us up this morning, starting us in our right mind. We thank you for the activity of our limbs. Lord, we thank you for our lying down on last night and our going up on this morning. Lord, I ask that you continue to watch up and keep your people, Lord Jesus, here and there, there and everywhere, oh God. Lord, I ask that you bless the members of the Safe House Church, oh God. I ask that you bless, Lord Jesus, Sister Harris, oh God, and Lord, you musician, oh God, in a mighty way, Lord, continue to open up doors for her, oh God, continue to bless your people, oh God, Lord, I thank you for those who are watching as guests, oh God, Lord, I ask that you continue to touch them, oh God, that their lives be transformed, Lord Jesus, by the word that's coming out of my mouth, oh God, Lord, you, that you use me as a mouthpiece, Lord, and Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your kindness, Lord, I thank you for your travel mercy, oh God, I thank you for your love, Lord, I thank you for your peace, oh God, it surpasses all understanding, Lord, and we just honor you on today. And Lord, we praise your name, Lord, and we give your name all the honor and all the praise, Lord, the glory and the power, Lord, for it's yours and yours alone, for we dare not touch thy glory, O God, but in all thy ways we acknowledge you and you say that you will direct thy path. And we thank you for path direction on today. We thank you for strength and power on today and love. And we actually do all these things of others in the powerful name of Jesus, for we know this one thing and we know this to be true, that we walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, and I ask you to do all these things of them in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you all. Love you all. Thank you, Sister Johnson. Beautiful as always, amen. Just allowing the anointing just to take you to the next level. And we're just so grateful for you sharing your wonderful talent with us. Good morning, Safe House Church. We hope all is well with you and yours, for this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice, 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 and be glad in it. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go, on the, go into the house of the Lord. But God is good. He's good. He's good. He's good. And even if I didn't say he was good, he's still good. And even if I didn't know that he was good, he's still good. He's better and good. Amen. For you didn't know where danger was. You didn't know what was lurking around the corner. You didn't know what you were about to walk into. But see, that's the kind of God we serve. Amen. He had to have to tell us every time he's done something for us. But we just acknowledge that, you know, his grace, his mercy, because there's so many ways to check out of here. But there ain't but one way to live. Amen. And we're grateful that he's been so good to us. Amen. Thank you, amen, all week for all the prayers, amen, as we continue um, you know, our morning prayer service, amen, that that is so well attended. I don't know many churches that have you know, a morning prayer service um, quite like we have, amen, that all of you all are there faithfully, amen. Some days I know it's a little rough. Some days we be wide open, amen, 
you know, but the thing is, I know and I pray that God is looking at our hearts and the consistency, you know, that, you know, Lord, we, we're trying to, we, no, we ain't trying. We're going to be consistent. Amen. We control the things we can control and the things that we can't control. Then I'm understanding and I know that we cannot worry about it. We have to trust that God it has it all under control. Amen. I want to send shouts out to the sick and shut in. Amen. Uh, my own sister, Carolyn. Amen. We um, we thinking about you, sis, and we love you. And we are praying for you as God continue to heal your body and transform um, you as a walking, talking miracle. Amen. And I'm just so grateful. And to others, amen. To all the members of the Safe House Church, your pastor loves you and he appreciates you and appreciates your consistency and your faithfulness unto this ministry. You could have gone anywhere else, but you chose to be here with us. And for that, we are eternally um, grateful as we go through and go and do what God has called us to do. Amen. As we know, sometimes it's not about the number, but it's about the quality and the quality of the people. And the Safe House Church has quality people. It has good people. It has God-fearing people. Amen. You're not looking at perfect people, but amen. There are people who are striving towards the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. I want to give honor to First Lady that I love so much. My baby, my honey bunch, my smoogums. Amen. First Lady Ely. God, um, um, free, um we thank God for you. We just appreciate you and all that you're doing. Amen. For us here in this ministry to be able to support without First Lady Ely, they wouldn't be in the ministry. Amen. You know, because my first call is to my home. Amen. But she also understood the call that was upon my life. Amen. As Paul said, that when you get married, amen, that now those things that call is, you know, um, towards that house. Amen. And I have two wonderful children that um, God has allowed her to birth. Amen. And I love them dearly. My Madison and my Preston. My pretty boy, my Maddie Kate, amen. And we're just so grateful, grateful. And I'm thanking God for my mother-in-law as he continued to keep her. And amen, I thank you for all the prayers, amen. You know, I know I was touched by the um, the, the, the gesture of the um, the Williams, amen, that as we had face-to-face -face church on last week, amen. And God was there in the place, a powerful word was shared, amen, some deliverance, amen. And, and the Williams came by. Um, before they went home to Charlotte, amen, and came by and prayed for my mother-in-law. We don't take that lightly, and we appreciate that, amen, and we're grateful, we're grateful. When you just got God's people all around you, amen, like, so we're not looking for perfect people. None of us are perfect, amen, but to obey the call of God and do what he's called us to do, to go where he's called us to go, to say what he's called us to say, to speak what he's called us to speak, and, and pray how he's called us to pray, and we're just so grateful to him whom all blessings flow and um, all others, amen, the Jordans and the Hickses, amen, and the and the, um, the Nicholson family, and the Lord, um, don't get me calling all these names, um, the Webs, amen, we're just grateful, 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 for God has been so good to us, amen, and it's been better to us than we've been to us, uh, of ourselves. I also want to remind you, um, soon enough, that we'll be back in person again, when? That is October the 8th. October the 8th, we shall be back in the building. As they say, we'll be back in the building on October the 8th. Y'all, this year is getting away from here. We're about to be at month number 10. Woo! About to be at month number 10. This month is already half over. Do you realize that? It's already half over. Time waits on no man, amen, as we go forward um, um, in this place. I don't think I have any announcements. I don't have any. I'm missing the birthdays this week. 
Um, I don't think we have any this week. If we do, y'all shoot it in the chat for me real quick. I know you'll remind me, and I'm um, and I give that. I, I don't think I have anybody in our church this week. Amen. Um, so we're just going to go forward in that. I don't think there's any other announcements. Please remember on Wednesday, uh, we still have a Bible study. Come on, I need you all there. Amen. There's some there, but I need more there. Amen. This is how you learn. This is how you grow. Um, and this is how you understand. And this is how you're able to defend your faith. Amen. That we just don't tell you these things. We just don't spend time going through this, but want you to be able to, what, to defend your faith. Like I tell you all, and this is a reason why I believe, you know, matter of fact, I know there's a reason why God has us go to Genesis. Amen. And because it's the foundation of everything we believe. You can find about 80 to, I would say 90% of what we believe is foundational there in the book of Genesis. Everything else in the other 60. Five books kind of develops the, you know, adds, um, what I'm saying, the details to it, but the basis of everything we believe has been laid in that book. So that's why we're taking so much time. We almost, you know, we're probably halfway finished. I know you, I told you all when we journeyed on this, that it was at least probably be about a year, if not a little bit longer, amen, but it's that important, amen, because I want you to be able to have the foundation to be able to go anywhere and talk to anybody and know what you're talking about and understand the basis of the gospel, amen, and then be able to be inspired to go on and do your own study and be able to do more and go more for God is just, um, he, you know, he's put us in position, amen, and then, you know, if you've been here at the Safe House Church, you know that I'm one of these ones that I encourage, encourage, go learn and go read and understand more. I don't know it all. You don't know it all. But what God has given me, I share with you. And what God has given you, you share with me. And then together, what we are better. Together, we are better. And I'm just so grateful for that. Amen. In this place on today. All right. So let's go ahead and um, get in this morning. Amen. Um, as we go forward, there is a word from the Lord on today. I don't believe there's nothing else I need to say, so I'm not going to belabor the moment, but we're going to go right into, I believe, what God has given us. Amen. Why don't you turn your Bibles, amen, to the book of Exodus. I know it seems like we've just been in this Old Testament, but God has just been dropping jewels on me in various places. You know, I tell you all, and I tell my wife all the time, my prayer every week is, Lord, what would you have me to say to your people? It's that simple. I asked myself, Lord, what would you have me to say to your people? Amen. Because it's not my word, but it's his word. And without without fail, without fail, every week, God speaks to me and said, that right there, or that right there, or I'll be reading, and they'll be like, that right there, or that. Without fail, God has brought it into fruition, and I'm grateful. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, it's, Lord, it's a little late now, but... But without fail, God has allowed me to be able to experience certain things, amen. And in those experiences, sometimes it just, the word will just be there and it just hit me and it's like, that's the word. Or this is that. Or he'll bring to my memories something I've read that I go back and I revisit. And as I read, then it starts to speak to my spirit, amen. That's my process. I can't speak for everybody else, but that's my process, amen. I know um, a lot of times, I remember, especially when I was younger, and I lacked a lot of confidence, not in my ability to speak, not in my ability to articulate or be able to explain things, because that was part of my gift. I knew I could talk with the best of them. I had the gift of gab, amen. I could explain things that God has given me, just a ability to be able to think of things and speak metaphor, uh, metaphorically to people and this kind of thing. But to be able to do that in the word, amen, and I was always wondering and asking how to study 
And I didn't get a lot of advice. I was asked people, like, well, how do you study? How do you study? And, you know, people were kind of here and there. And then what I found out is that sometimes God just will take you and he'll develop the process for you. So now, you know, I've developed a process, amen. You know, I, I didn't go to seminary, amen. I got a PhD, but that's an earned PhD in mathematics, amen. But I am a trained, um, highly trained teacher, amen. And I'm a teacher of teachers. That's what I do. And for a long time, I struggled in that space because I didn't have those things. And I thought that I had to have those things and to be effective. I thought that I had to have that. But how many of you know it's the anointing that makes the difference, it's the anointing. I could have had all the biblical training that I could have. Amen. I could have a degrees, as they say, as many degrees as a thermometer, and I'm almost due. But all these things, if you don't have Christ, amen, if you don't have his anointing, if you've not been called, amen, and to walk in this walk and talk in this talk and to go where he said you to go, then there is something that's just not there. You know, you can get all over YouTube and all over the Internet and you can find people teaching and, and coming to you in all forms of fashion. Amen. But then somebody can say something just in, in simplistically, you know, simplicity that it would just change your life. It would just wreck you. Amen. Um, I think about some of the pastors of oh, Amen. It wasn't that they said fancy words or that they put all this eloquent speech and they had all these PowerPoint presentations and all the technology and things that we have in this day that we're using them to try to compel them to come. But it was just the anointing. They could just say a word. They could just say, Jesus wept. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. They could just say, Jesus wept and the whole church was shook. Amen. You know, they could just say, um, like, yeah, I know him as a way maker and the whole church. So they said just the blood. They had those one word sometimes just the blood or just Jesus. And because it was the anointing that destroyed that yoke and set that captive free. Amen. That the church would be transformed and to the point that we got today. So now we're in a place today. We got to have all these fancy things. Amen. And I like the bells and whistles. I do. Like many people do. You know, it's fancy, but it has no anointing in there. It's the anointing. That at the end of the day, that makes the difference. And I've always asked God in my life, Lord, and all that I do was you allow your anointing and my authenticity to come through. Because I believe at the end of the day, how authentic you are with people is going to make the difference. And if people know a phony when they see a phony. They know a fraud when they see a fraud. But you also know the real deal when you see the real deal. Amen. And I, just ask, I always ask God, let us present ourselves or as the real deal. And because of that, sometimes you go through things, and I'm telling you all this this morning because this is the same for you, that you go through things. Sometimes you get hurt. Sometimes people take advantage of you, amen. Sometimes you almost feel like you're trampled on, amen. But I'm being reminded, and I get a constant reminder that the work that I do, that I do un as unto the Lord. You know, I'm reminded sometimes by my father. I'm reminded by my wife. And there's so many times I told my wife, you know, especially as we was coming up as a younger couple, and now we still, you know, we just on the other end of that, amen. But as we was coming up and I remember she would just say, I just, you know, the Lord is going to fight my battle. And I would just be awed by my wife's faith because I'd be sitting there that, yeah, he'll fight this one, but I'm going to hit this one, amen. And, and I think about it sometimes now and then I think about, you know, places and situations that God has allowed me to see and things he's allowed me to do. And now I find myself praying even more. Not that I didn't pray before. We pray all the time, but now even more because I'm saying, Lord, I don't know. <laughs> How many of you know sometimes God will put you in that place that you, uh, in that position you just say, I don't know. I don't know. But Lord, you have me here and I'm understanding God has you here not because you have great skill. 
Come on, somebody. He has plenty of people. There are plenty of people who have great skill. Not because you're articulate. Oh, come on. There's people who can talk better than I, who can congregate words and, and verbs and, and sentences and write them in such a way that it would persuade your mind and have you thinking about things. No, I'm not that guy. And, and there's others they have great stature and others that they have all kinds of things, but God, where well, he chooses us because of our heart. Oh, come on, somebody. You know, we look at all the things that David had done and all the things that David found himself in and all the stupid and stu stupidity sometime in the murder and the, the, uh, adulterous lifestyle and all this stuff that David did, but yet God called him a man after his own heart because David understood how to get the attention of God. And I'm here to remind you today that it's all, in all that we have and all that we do and all the things that God has given us, he's not giving us what the Bible said, the spirit of fear, but the spirit of love, power, and the sound mind. And we know all that to be true, but at the end of the day, it's about the authenticity of you being you. There's nobody else like you. And they tell us in all the world, but all the people who've lived and all the people who may come even after us, there's no two people who have the same fingerprint. There's no two people who say this, that share the same DNA. So I heard something the other day that I, I never thought about it like this at this point that even my experience will never be your experience. As much as we say, you know, this has happened to me, what we do is, you know, we look and we try our best based on what we've seen and what we heard and make a decision. But at the end of the day, your experience may not necessarily be my experience. And we have to be able to take each and every one. This is why you got to know God for yourself. Come on, high five somebody virtually and tell them, know God for yourself. You got to know him for yourself because you came into this world by yourself and it's certain that you're going to leave out of here by yourself. Oh, I'm already preaching. Let's go to the book of Exodus. Exodus, Exodus. Remember Exodus is that book about the children of Israel getting out of out of um, Egypt, amen. But we want to go to the book of Exodus. We want to go to the book of Exodus, 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 chapter number seven. We're going to real quick, the short verses today, one through five. The book of Exodus, chapter number seven, one through five, one through five, one through five, one through five. Let's go to the book of Exodus, one through five, amen. Thank you for the comments. Keep the comments coming. That shows that you're engaged, amen. All right, let me get there here and let me get engaged in this word right here. All right, we are going to change the screen here. Let's get that going. All right, all right. So we should be able to see that. All right, so we are grateful for that technology. And it says this, Exodus 27, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God, little g God, to Pharaoh. Pharaoh, Pharaoh is just another Egyptian name for king. And Aaron, thy brother, shall be thy prophet. So he's God, and the God, and then him being God, but well, he must have a prophet. Because God has his prophets who what speak his word that he revealed things to, that he showed things to, and that they forecast on what? His behalf. Okay? That's important. Then he goes on and he says this: Thou shalt speak all that I command thee. Mm-hmm. He's talking to Moses here. And Aaron, thy brother, shall speak unto Pharaoh. So now what? You're going to speak because you are God. And uh, so you're doing sort of like my place. And I'm going to give you the word. And then you're going to take that word to Aaron. And then Aaron, Moses' brother, in fact, Moses' older brother, is going to give that word to Pharaoh that he sent the children of Israel out of his land. Then verse 3, and it goes on to say this, and I will, watch this, he said, I will, I here being 
big G God. He said, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Mm -hmm. That I'm going to make Pharaoh angry. I'm going to make Pharaoh get harder against you. I'm going to make Pharaoh not want to do anything. And watch this. And multiply. I told you all not one time. Can you see? But God adding things. But he does what? Things in multiplicity. So if you see things just multiplying, multiplying, there's a good opportunity or a good chance that that may be God. Oh, come on, somebody. Because God works in multiplicity. Be fruitful and what? Multiply. And multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. That what, what I was doing now, you can take that time something. Oh, come on, somebody. Then I'm going to multiply. How many of you know you have multiplication in your life? I live a life of multiple, multiple, multiplicity. Amen. That things are being multiplied. Multiplied meaning that what? They move faster. Now, this is the thing about something being multiplied. And, you know, I'm the mathematician, so y'all know I want to go dig, dig in on this. But something about being multiplied, it starts out and then it just expands back. It'll start out like this, and all of a sudden, what didn't seem like it was growing is like, boom. So I'm here to tell you today, because God, this is how you know this is part of what God is doing in your life, in that your life will grow into a, a life of multiplicity. That, watch this, you might start out small, mm -hmm, but as you go forward, it doubles, and it doubles, and it doubles, and it doubles, and it doubles. And then at this point, you find yourself, which start out small. This is why the Bible says it like this, that, be not despised the day of small beginnings. Why? Because he is a God of multiplicity. So that which is small won't stay small long. You think about it, even the God miracle of us being here, your sales multiplied. You started out at two. Oh, come on, somebody. Then those two became what? Four. And those four became 16. Oh, come on. Are y'all with me this morning? So here he works in multiplicity. That's how you know it's a sign of God in your life that it starts out small. This is why you cannot give up in the beginning, brothers and sisters. But because which that has started out small in due season. God is not more. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Amen. So this is why we cannot give up. Amen. This is why we can't walk away. This is why we can't throw in the towel. Because what? We work with a God of multiplicity. Amen. And as he goes forward, that he will multiply the signs and wonders here in the land of Egypt. Let me get through my verses, amen. Then he goes on and he says this, but Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you. I'm going to make his heart hard, and he's going to see all these signs. He's going to see all these wonders. He's going to know that I am with you. Hallelujah. How many of you know that? People know that God is with you. What do they do? They still turn their nose up. <laughs> oh, come on. So they know that God walks with you, but what do they do? They tighten their heart up because they feel like, even though they, 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 they know that God's with you, but they, they, they just don't want to see you happy. <laughs> they just don't want to see you, you grow. But you know what? It's nothing that they can do about it. So God said, what? Here. He hardens Pharaoh's heart. Why? Because he's hardened Pharaoh's heart because he wants to show the people of God something. See, sometimes your situation is really not about you. <laughs> but your situation could be a sign of God just wanting to show his muscles. He wants to show his power. He wants for his glory. He wants you to know that he is Jehovah, that he holds it all. He's able to do above and beyond and exceedingly glad that he has a plan for you. But yet, you got to hold on. Oh, come on, somebody. I know I'm speaking to somebody that I'm telling you today, brothers and sisters, hold on. God has not forgotten you. Watch this. Then he goes on. He says, 
But, uh, but Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you that I may lay my hand upon Egypt and bring forth my armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgment. Amen. Judgment meaning punishment here. Then the verse number five, and it says this, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. Lord, capital A-O-R-D. When I stretch forth my hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. Amen. And then verse 6, 7, and it says this, And Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded them, them so did they. And Moses was four score years old, and Aaron four scores and three years old when they spake unto Pharaoh. Hallelujah, I'm already preaching. If I want to use and share with you all on this morning um, for a subject that I believe that God has given me on this morning, as I can find my screen here to switch this back over, I want to use for you the subject on this morning of delegated, um, delegated tasks, but not responsibility. Delegated tasks, but not responsibility. So we find here on this morning that I'm looking at this from two different ways. We can look at this from a point of view where we are a man. And then we also can look at this from a heavenly perspective. And I'll do my best to articulate both to you as, as, as best I can. When we look here in these verses here on today, you find here, we find that God is having a conversation with Moses. Moses being God's guy. He's telling, you know, if you read previous to this, you find that Moses has gone through the whole burning bush experience. Remember, Moses found himself as what an exile to the land, amen, that he had killed an a, a, a Egyptian, amen, I believe it was. And, and he had found himself, you know, he was an Egyptian because he was beating on somebody and, and he killed this man. So Moses sends himself out as an outcast to save himself to be away. He was learned in the ways of Egypt. He understood that place. He understood that place. He understood why they did what they did and where they went, where they went, because he grew up there in the house of Pharaoh. Amen. He knew King Ramses. Amen. He knew exactly who he was and how he thought about things in this. And Moses finds himself on the backside, just being a shepherd, amen, just raising his family, amen. And then he encounters what we call the burning bush, the bush that was burning but was not consumed, amen. And that bush caught his eye, amen. And see, the thing that this caught his eye was because the bush, it was important that the bush was not being consumed. When you think about it all the time, they in these desert places that it was nothing for something like that to catch on fire, amen, because of the sweltering and heat. And it didn't take but a little spark for it to come on and then that, it would burn, amen. And that was just a natural occurrence. But what made this occurrence different is that the bush was burning, but it was not being consumed. They was burning, but there was not ashes going in. There was enough to get Moses' attention. Watch this, brother and sister. God knows how to get your attention. Oh, come on, somebody. He knows how to get your attention. Sometimes he removes his hand and he allows calamity to come in our areas, amen, to get our attention. Sometimes he's had a conversation with the devil, amen, and now that the devil, he's had a conversation with the devil and he's using you to show his glory, amen. Sometimes God has just pulled himself back. He knows how to get your attention by various things and various situations, places, circumstances, amen, that we go through. But God knows how to get our attention. So he gets Moses' attention and Moses goes. And one of the things that he was telling Moses what he wanted him to do, that he wanted him to go back to the land of Egypt, amen. It's been many years since then and, and people know still what he did. How many of you know that even though God has brought you out and God has changed your life and he's moved some things on you, that people still remember what you did? 
See, this is one of these things. You cannot run away, outrun the things that you did. You did what you did. You had the baby that way. Oh, come on, somebody. Yes, you did that, and you got into that situation. You used drugs, though, or you was promiscuous, oh, man, or you was a thief and all that. So people still know you because what for what you did, amen. And that's part of the consequence of you doing what you've done. But you know that God has changed you, amen. You know God has transformed you. You know God has moved you because that has been a renewing of your mind, amen, that you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So now that you walk into this place that not only did you know you've been transformed, but people still have this thing because they only remember you the last way they met you. Come on, somebody. They only remember you the last way they met you. So I only can imagine as Moses walked in, they said, isn't that Moses the one who killed the Egyptian? Not that he killed the Egyptian because he was trying to protect somebody else. Not that he did it, and I'm not saying it was right or wrong, amen. But they still remember who you were since the last time they saw you. Why? Because that is their frame of reference, that they don't know you in any other capacity. So therefore, this is the capacity they use to judge you by. Oh, come on, somebody. Are oh, y'all with me? So here now, Moses is there. So you imagine all the things that were being said and being mumbled, amen. But Moses had a problem, amen. Moses lacked some confidence in all the ability that Moses had and all the things that Moses was able to do and all the things that Moses were able to articulate and, 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 and carry himself as a leader. That Moses had this problem that Moses, Moses was of a, what they call a stammering tongue. I know it. I know it well. Amen. I grew up stuttering. Amen. You know, it's this good old day stuttering. And sometimes Moses would stutter and, and, and he couldn't get words out. And because of this, Moses felt inadequate. He felt inferior. How many of you know that you got something that you struggle with that makes you feel inferior? You know, I think about it sometimes. Y'all seen it. Y'all seen it well, even with me. And I struggle with it sometimes because I know, you know, what you don't know is my story that when I was younger, amen, I had a hearing problem, amen. I did not hear like all the other kids, amen. And and, and by the time that was found out, I didn't. they didn't find out until like I was like five, almost, I think it was like five years old. Amen. So therefore, my speech was a little bit delayed and therefore I stuttered. And sometimes I don't pronunciate my words. See, I probably just did it right there. I don't say my words as clearly as others. It's something I know I have to work at. Uh, many times, as you all know, as you read the Bible here, there's things in the Bible and all kinds of names. They've written all kinds of ways with all kinds of, uh, of um, accents and stuff that there's a certain way that they are to read. And I struggle with that. And sometimes I'm like, God, I can't do this because... I know I'm not going to say it. I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't want to embarrass um, the people who serve with me. I don't want to embarrass the church. Amen. I don't want to embarrass the school because I struggle to say certain words. I know the word. I know how to say the word, but it won't come out of my mouth. Oh, come on, somebody. You know, sometimes maybe because I talk a little fast, but that's how things flow. And they say sometimes because that my mind is running so much faster than my mouth. Oh, come on, somebody. That I try to get them all out, and I have to be intentional about slowing myself down. I remember as a younger preacher, amen, that was one of the critiques I always got was that I needed to slow down, and I've done my best to do that. But then I got to a point that I realized that, Lord, Lord I've done everything I can, but this is who you made me. So... I understand, and you know, and and I came to this thing, and not that it was not sound advice, and not that it was not the right thing to do, but I understand at some point God developed you to be who you are, you know. And I thought about it in terms of this, and you know, I think about um, hip hop and rappers and all this stuff, and I thought about, you know, they said I talk too fast, but I thought about all these rappers who was rapping like ninety words in a second, amen, like the the Buster Rhymes and and all these other people, and even Jay Z when he first came out. Yes, I was born in, I mean, I was a teenager in the 90s, so I knew these things. I've not been 
I've been in the church, but you know, I was not in, I was in the church, but you know how y'all do when you're a teenager, you slip and slide and you, you listen to this and you listen to that. But I remember all these rappers who was came out and they rap really, really fast. Now, some of them were very popular because they like, you know, they rap fast or whatever. And I was like, if they can rap fast and they understand that, then clearly they should be able to understand what, I, what I'm saying if they're called to this speech. Yes, maybe I could reach more. Amen. If I could slow down. Amen. I think I have slowed down over the years. But when I get excited, because there's just so much bubbling up inside of me. Come on, somebody. How do you know when that thing is burning inside of you? You just got to let it out. Yeah. When that thing is burning inside of you and you got it flowing. Amen. And God is downloading to you. I haven't get it just so much that I just got to get it out. And I believe this is how Moses was, amen, that Moses, I, you know, and this, I don't know this for fact, but I believe this is how it was that, he, you know, he was just getting it so bad, so much, so much, so much that he had to get it out. I even saw, there was a video a couple of years that went around that Steve Harvey talked about how he stuttered, amen, and he had to really think about the word before he got it out, amen, not that he couldn't talk, but now we see that God has blessed him what to be a TV personality all over the world. He's well known. And what does he do? He's known for what? Being up front and being able to tell his jokes, amen, and being able to host these shows. And yet he had a stuttering problem. So I say all that to say why? Because Moses has a stuttering problem. And that stuttering problem that he had, he decided within himself that he cannot go to that next level. Not that he didn't want to obey God, but he had an impediment that he felt was going to keep him from being effective in front of the people. He had an impediment that he felt like he was going to embarrass God. He had an impediment that he felt like he was not going to give God his just due. And I believe that God saw the heart of Moses, that, that Moses was not being disobedient, but Moses truly, truly felt a certain way about it. And in his heart that he really just didn't want to embarrass God, that he wanted to be a help. Amen. He didn't want to be a hindrance to the ministry. He wanted others to know God and to know God for who he is and, and be a blessing. Amen. So what God does, he tells Moses has this conversation with God and said, God, um, uh, I don't speak well. Amen. Lord, I, I, I stutter. And, and if I bring this in front of Moses that he would, I mean, in front of Pharaoh, then I may not be taken seriously. And so what God does is God said, call your brother Aaron. Hallelujah. And this is where we pick up this morning where we was in verse seven. He said, call your brother Aaron and I shall make Aaron as he speaks as a prophet, amen, that he would speak to Pharaoh. So believe it or not, people maybe not realize this, that, but Moses never had the conversation. Moses was there, but Moses was acting in the place of God. This is why you see liturgy God there. So what was in fact happening that um, Aaron was acting as Moses' interpreter. If you think about it, those who don't speak, if you go to a certain place and they speak a foreign language and you don't understand it, you may hire an interpreter. What does the interpreter do? The interpreter just goes back and translate what you said in whatever language they're talking in. Oh, come on, somebody. So here, God is what sent Moses, a interpreter, in the form of Aaron. And he uses the metaphor that they think of him as God. And then, Mo, I mean, then Pharaoh to be what? The prophet. So all a prophet is in this case is what? A interpreter of what God said. Oh, come on, somebody. That's what a prophet is. Is an interpreter of what God said. So, therefore, they have to be listening to God and pay attention to God and make sure that what they get it right because there is a grave responsibility there. So, we see here that God is now at a point that what? He delegates a task to Moses. Oh, come on, somebody. How many of you know that sometimes things are delegated, um, delegated to you? That sometimes there's things that sent to you. There's sometimes that things are, are put in your, in your in front of you, and you're wondering, okay, 
Let me take care of this task and let me do this. And you see this task and you see that the task is enormous. You see that, Lord, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And how do we care from here and how do we care from there, Lord? And, and, and if I do the work, how does that change things? And if I do this and I move here and I move there, Lord, how do we get it done? Lord, how do I be successful, Lord? Because I do not want to embarrass you. I do not want to fail. I want to go forward and I want to do all these things that you notice. All these things are what? These are the things that come out of us. So what we find, brothers and sisters, number one, that many of us struggle with our confidence. Mm, come on, somebody. We struggle with our confidence. Why do we struggle with our confidence? Because we, we feel that we do not have the ability to do what we've been asked to do. I know some of you, God has put anointing on you. He's called some prophets and he's called some preachers and some evangelists, amen. He's called some lay members. He's called some of you all to go in different places and do different things. And yet you don't want to go forward. Why? Because you feel inadequate. You feel that you don't have it. But I'm here to remind you today that you have a delegated task. Amen. That you have a delegated task. If you read, and as we read this morning, we saw that God said that what? This. That what? I'm going to ask you to do this, but the responsibility is mine. Yeah, He said that I will deliver the children out of Egypt. Amen. He said, I right, go back and read it. Amen. In verse and that verse, he said that I would what? I would be the one who would deliver them. See, so this is where we mess up in that we feel like it's our job, amen, to, to change things. We feel it's like our job to change people. All we have to do is do the delegated task. And that delegated task for us is to be an interpreter, amen, to be a mouthpiece, to be able to speak of the goodness of God, to be able to say that he's Jehovah Jireh, that he's my provider, to be able to say that he's opened up doors, to be able to say that he's healed my body, to be able to say that he's opened up doors for me that I didn't see, amen, that he took me this way, he took me that way. Why? Because I'm on a delegated task, amen. How many of you know we call it an assignment if we want to get churchy, that we are on an assignment? How many of you know that you're on an assignment this morning? Oh, come on, somebody. I'm on assignment on today. So when I'm being assigned a task, then it's my job, brothers and sisters, to go and do the task exactly the way I was told to do it, amen. If I was assigned the task and it was giving me um, some leeway, then I can just do it however they tell me, you know, I can be, see best fit, amen, and many of you that God has given us tasks, amen, God has told you to go do this, he did not give you the responsibility, Woo! well, I mean, the responsibility of the outcome, see, God told Moses here, that way, he told Pharaoh that, he told Moses to tell Aaron to let his people go, that God was what? He was going to deliver them. Not once did he give them that responsibility. See, so many times the reason we become overwhelmed is because we're looking at the responsibility. But I'm here to tell you today that if God told you to do it, that you should go forth and release the responsibility to him. Oh, come on. We freeing some people in the house today because there's some work for you and I to do. See, some of you are worried about it. Like, well, how are they going to look at me? And how they gonna... I only can imagine, you know, Moses felt that because he had this stammering tongue and he wasn't going to be able to speak clearly and he wasn't going to be able to say it the way he wanted to say it. But when he told his brother, amen, his brother was able to understand what he said and just spoke the word of God through Moses. See, God has some of us in delegated positions, amen. And I'm here to tell you that this is why you cannot get so big and mighty in a position, whether that's in the church or in the world, that God has you as a delegated task, amen. But the responsibility for deliverance is his. The responsibility of taking care of you is his. Why? Because you belong to him. As we go back and we read it, where it says what? L-O-R-D, capital L-O-R-D. L-O-R-D means what? Ownership. This is where what? Landlord comes from. Lord. So he's Lord. That means what? He 
owes me. He's acknowledging that he owes me. And because he owes me, that means he has taken responsibility. So I have a delegated task, but not the responsibility. Mm-hmm. So right here, but so so I'm doing what God has called me to do. And what I'm going to encourage you today, brothers and sisters, that there's work that needs to be done. There's things that God has called you to do. There's stuff that he's told you to do that you've been putting off for a while. And I'm here to tell you today that you need to pick that task back up. You know that thing that you put in the back of your mind? Oh, I'll just do it later. No, it needs to be done now. That person he told you to speak to? No, I just want to do it later. I want to do it when I feel more comfortable. No, that person's life depends on it. Their situation depends on it. That word that God has put in your mouth, they depend on that. Amen. They need it because they are at their wit's end. They're about to give up. They're about to throw in the towel. But there's a word that God wants to speak through you. Why did he choose you? Because he knows that you are in position, amen. That he knows that what that you are set aside. That he knows that what you can get through to them. So what I understand and I get today that sometimes God puts us in some awkward situations, you know, amen. I have a friend, amen, who just week I thank the world of him. And I love him dearly, amen. But there were some things that was going on in his life, and, and he called and he asked me some questions, and I said, now, you know you, you're asking the wrong one, because if you ask me some questions, I'm going to give you the real answer, amen, and, and he asked some questions, and I gave him some real hard truths, and there was probably some things I said that he might not agree with, and I understood that, but I knew at that point in time that the responsibility of how he feels is not mine, amen, but I'm to be kind, amen, I'm to be loving, amen, but there's a word that needs to be said, because now, if not, then what God will hold me accountable, I don't want his blood on my hands, amen. So as I gave, I gave what thus said the Lord. As I gave what God has given me to say, amen. As I laid it down and I stuck to the policy. What is the, the policy? The Bible. You know, one of the things I've learned, and I've learned it at work, and I've, I've been learning over the last several years, is that at the end of the day, when decisions got to be made, when things got to be done, what does the policy say? <laughs> That'll preach by itself. What does the policy say? The policy says I can do what it says I can do, and I can't go forward, and I can move in this direction, I can do that. What does the policy say? The, the policy what takes the responsibility. So what I'm saying here today, brothers and sisters, I'm glad you asked, that if you're focusing on God and you're doing God's work, that he would take the responsibility. <laughs> he said, don't care for what you want in this world, that what he's got you. You ain't got to worry about what you're going to eat. He's got you. You ain't got to worry about where, how you're going to live. He's got you as long as you're doing the task, as long as you're doing the work, as long as you're moving forward, as long as you're doing what he's called you to do and say what you called him to say. See, the problem is, is when we're not doing it. So therefore, we work. So like when you decide that you're not going to do it, then what that means is now the responsibility is on you. <laughs> so it's so easy, the easier to follow God. I'm not saying that you know every day is gonna be great, and you gonna every day you gonna be on a cloud of bed, uh, a bed of clouds, and all this stuff, right? But what you will see is that when He will take care of you, despite what goes on around you. Everybody else is getting laid off, but He kept you. Oh, come on, somebody! That things are going on in this nature, but He has you in, and people are moving in this direction, but He got you. And this one got they, they didn't get a raise, but you always get a raise. And it seemed like that they didn't get a uh, they're, they didn't get the best seller, but you always got the best seller. Why? Because God knows how to fund this kingdom. Oh, I'm on somebody. So if you don't want to do it, he'll use somebody else. <laughs> and then you'll be left on the wayside. And then you'll be up there with your lip poked out. Well, why ain't this worked out for me? Well, when the last time you paid your time? Oh, come on, somebody. When the last time you gave your offer? Why this didn't work out for me? And why did he said that? Well, I will rebuke the devour for your sake, Amen. I don't believe. I just believe that, Amen. And I'm a living witness that he's always rebuked it, even when I was at my lowest, Amen. It seemed like God had made a way, even when it seemed like things just weren't gonna work out. Here comes a situation. Here comes something out of the blue. Here come up. 
a thing that God is what always showing himself strong. So therefore, I can tell you today without um, reserve that God is able to do all of these things. That God can and he will and he will do them in your life. So he uses Moses here. Amen. And now Moses has this delegated responsibility that he takes the task and he delegates it to his brother. And they go there before Pharaoh and they, they, they talk to Pharaoh. And the Bible tells us that he told him, don't be discouraged based on the why because Pharaoh's heart was going to be hard. And I was going to harden Pharaoh's heart. Why? So I can show my, my, my grace. I can show my anointing. I can show my power. I can show my strength. Amen. And sometimes in our situation, it seems like it gets worse before it gets better. Did you catch that? Then it seems like it's going to get worse before it gets better. Why? Because God is just hardening Pharaoh's heart, amen, for the big crowd. He's just hardening Pharaoh's heart. Why? Because if he didn't harden Pharaoh's heart, then they would not maybe walk out with what they walked out with, amen. Because see, if Pharaoh's heart wouldn't have it, he just said go, then they probably just left without nothing, amen. But I don't know about you, but how many of you know it's hard to leave without anything? It's hard to start with zero, amen. That what There has to be something, even a seed, amen, even a seed, uh, a tree starts from a seed. You and I, we started from seeds, amen. Everything has to start from something. So what God was doing was he was setting up the Egyptian, he was setting up the Hebrew economy so that when they got to Canaan, when they got to the land of milk and honey, that what, they would have some things to start with. See how far God was ahead of them? Now remember, they're not even out yet, but God is so far ahead of them that he already has this. is why he said, Jeremiah, I know the plans that I have towards you. And they are to what? To bless you and to give you good success, as I just paraphrase that. Amen. But he's having you good success. So God already knows what's going on. He's already laid out the steps. All he wants you to do is be obedient and follow him. And do the delegated task because the responsibility is his. So what he already had set them up. So what he did is what he allowed Pharaoh's heart to be hard. And as he hardened Pharaoh's heart, it became rougher and rougher and to the point that God now has to put him in a place that now he's about to release it. And at that point, Pharaoh was so tired of the children of Israel. He was so tired of dealing with Moses and Aaron. He was so tired of dealing with them that they could ask for anything they want and they would get it. Hallelujah. How many of you know as a parent you've been there? <laughs> what do I mean by that? See, you know, I don't know about you. As I raise my children, my children are not bad. I'm grateful I got good children. But you remember that sometimes, sometimes they, they want something really bad and they just keep nagging you about it. You know, if I tell my, I'm, I'm very careful not to promise my kids stuff, you know, and I, I take good care of my kids and I love them and I'm grateful for them. But, you know, you got to be careful. And I know many of you run this stuff. If I tell my kids, hey, I'm going to take you to Chuck E. Cheese, they're going to run me to death until we go to Chuck E. Cheese. Daddy, when we go to Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah, no, we're going to Chuck E. Cheese today, especially my Preston. But he'll remind me quick. Daddy, you said we're going to go do this. Daddy, you said that. And what we do is he just keep what? He keep doing it, doing it, doing it. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, I said it. But I didn't mean it right now. <laughs> yeah, I said it. But in my head, that might have been five months down the road. But his head was like, you said it. I got to have it right now. So this is that thing, what was going on. So here, they just, what, they just pestering. They're like a gnat. They just pestering Pharaoh, and Pharaoh's heart is getting harder and harder and harder, and to the point that how many of you know, like, if, if you can't ask you that thing one more time, you just explode. Like, look, if you ask me one more time, we ain't going nowhere. <laughs> how many of you been there as a parent, amen? Maybe just me. But as a parent, sometimes you're like, boy, if you ask me one more time, we ain't going nowhere. And this is that point I believe that my, um, Pharaoh got to it. He got to that point. It's like, you know what? Just get out of here. Have you ever been there? I remember as a kid, sometimes we had bother my mom for something we wanted so bad, and we just kept bothering, 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 until the point she was like, just get out of here. 
<laughs> just get out of here. Just get out of here. If I say something or do something, I might regret it. <laughs> and this is exactly what I believe happened here to Pharaoh, that he got to the point that all this stuff happened. Remember, they, they got blood in the water, amen. There's, there's cows everywhere. There's gnats everywhere. And there's all kind of pestilence throughout the land. And then on top of that, then his son dies. Woo! I know how he felt about that, that his son had to die. Hallelujah. You know, I think about it. I got a son. Amen. I, I don't know what I would do. Amen. You know, my job, his job is to bury me, not me bury him. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. So, so what we find here is now, as we go forward, that all these things are going, and God is what set them up. So what he's delegated that task to them, and the reason he's delegated that task to them is that what? He wants to set them up. So now Pharaoh's heart is hardened to the point that what does he do? He allows them to go. And not only do they go, if you go and you read the rest of the story, you'll find that they leave with the wealth of Egypt. The Bible tells them to go ask for what you want and watch the Egyptians get it to you. Because the Egyptians had gotten to the point they were just so done with them. They were like, just get out of here because your God is doing this. He's doing that. And it's not even worth it for us to keep you here because you are destroying us. Not realizing at the same time, this is why it was so tough for them to let them go, because they undergirded the entire Egyptian economy. Think about this. This is why slavery, even in the United States, historically was a big deal. Why? Because they got free labor. They didn't have to pay. So all they did was take care of their slaves at the minimum. Oh, come on, somebody. It is what it is. They took care of their slaves at the minimum, and they can minimize costs and even get more out of them and maximize their dollar. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. So this is what they did. So now this is the same thing here. They were asking them for double and, and more of this. So God had to what? To use his hand to deliver them. And he said, I would deliver them. So the responsibility belonged to him. So what I'm trying to say to you today, brothers and sisters, is simply this. That God has you doing some things. He's asked you to do some things. He's put you in position to do some things. There's some things he's told you to say. There's some places he's told you to go. There's some things he's asked you to do. Some places he asked you to move to. And go on and do whatever he's asked you to do. But for some reason, I, I, know, some reason, I know you've been scared. And you've been lacking confidence in that area. And you've been thinking, Lord, what, how am I going to do this? Why? Because you're looking at the end game. You're looking at, Lord, how is it going to work out? And he said, leave that part to me. The Bible said, faith without works is dead, amen. So you got to do the work and let me handle the rest. Hallelujah. See, some of you, God has been pushing you. He's been nudging you. He's been nudging you. Say, look, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And you said, but, 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 how do I get this? How am I going to be here? How is this going to work out? How did, I'm telling you today, if God has told you to do it, then what? That means he's going to see you through to the end of it. So that what? He's delegated the task to you, but not the responsibility. Why? Because you are his and you belong to him. And since you belong to him, the responsibility belongs to him. So you don't have to take on that responsibility, brother. You don't have to take on that responsibility, sister, because the responsibility belongs to God. All he asked you to do was take the task. So, yes, I'm tasked with preaching and teaching to you all every week, but God's responsibility is to give me the word. Woo! <laughs> These words are not mine, but what? I also have to do my part because the Bible says, what? Faith without works is dead. So I have to read and I have to do it. And as I'm reading, what does he do? He downloads to me. He puts in my way. He puts in front of me. He puts in my mind and my heart. Says, That's why I need you to take my people today. That's what I need to say to them this week. That's how we're moving in this direction. And I'm telling you all that this is a faith journey. So this is why we have to walk and know that, well, okay, God, I'm walking, I'm moving, Lord. I, I don't see it. But you know what? I have to remind myself, I'm not responsible. 
Lord, I'm moving, I'm moving. I'm not responsible. So, Lord, if I lose my life out here, I'm not responsible. You have it, oh, God. Because if I'm doing what God has called me to do, then he's obligated to keep me. Now, watch this. This is the, the difference. If you're doing things your way, he's not obligated to do that. This is why we got to walk with by him. We got to go by him. Because if you're doing it, you're moving how he's told you to move, that he'll keep you. For God is a keeper. He make ways. You think about it, even when they was out there and they got shipwrecked in the middle of nowhere. Why? Because Jesus was on the boat. Amen. If he gives you direction, trust and believe that he has got you and he's not forgotten you. And he's not going to forget you. But you got to know that what? The task has been delegated to you. And therefore, what? You do the task, but the responsibility is his. So stop feeling like you're responsible, but what walk in faith and walk forward and know, okay, God, I don't understand it. And I don't supposed to have to understand it, but I trust that you're going to take care of your responsibility. <laughs> Are y'all with me today? I trust that you're going to follow through. I trust that you're going to do what you said you're going to do. I trust that you're going to move how you said you're going to move in. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to take another step. I'm going to move another step. I'm going to go another direction. Lord, I'm going to go here. Lord, I don't understand it, but Lord, I trust you. Lord, I'm walking again. Lord, I don't understand how this is going to work out, but I trust you. Lord, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I trust you. And I'm moving, and I'm moving, and I'm moving, and I'm moving, and I'm going, and I'm going, and I'm moving, and I'm moving, and I'm going, and I'm going. And see, what you find is then you start to build up a cadence. And then you just start moving, and you get a cadence. And it's a rhythm to this thing. Because see, when you're in rhythm with God, you just keep moving. You keep moving. Because see, what happens is sometimes we get out of sync. And when we get out of sync with God, then we find ourselves struggling to get back. It's like, Lord, I don't feel you. But when you feel that rhythm, and you get in rhythm with him, and you're walking with him, and you're talking with him, and you're moving with him, and he moves to the left, and you move to the right, and all he asks you to do is follow him. And as long as you're following him, He's taking the brunt of everything because <laughs> it's his responsibility, not yours. So I say this to say in closing of today, brothers and sisters, be encouraged. God has not forgotten you. No, 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 no. He's actually, are you doing the tasks he's asked you to do? Those tasks are in the, that manual, <laughs> the policy manual that I call the Bible. The tasks are in there. Amen. He told us the way to go and be the salt. <laughs> He's told us there's going to be that light that's not here. He told us, don't be shrinking ourselves. Because if you shrink ourselves, then what? We shrink them. There's somebody I know they say, well, who does she think she is? I am a child of the king. Yes. I'm going to do the work. This is why you got sometimes, brother, sister, you got to just put your head down and do the work. You can't pay attention to what this one's doing on the left. You can't pay attention to what this one's doing on the right. You got to put your head down and do the work. And go forward and know that God has got you. That he's loving on you, that he's keeping you, he's moving and he's going and he's, he's got you. And know this, that he has not forgotten you. For God is not mocked. Whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. That you put in that work that what, you know, we're not saved by our work alone. But what happens is this, when we're working, we pick up the things that we need to obtain and keep our salvation. This is why, you know, you cannot just be saved by works. This is Because if that was the case, you know, there's a lot of really nice people. But there's some other things that we pick up along the way that puts us in line and takes us to the next level and understands. So what I'm understanding is this, brothers and sisters. No, when we started this journey and we were starting that, in that hotel room, I didn't know how this was going to go. 
Then we get online. I didn't know how this was going to go. And then, you know, then we came through the COVID. I didn't know how this was going to go. And then we went through, you know, the whole thing of this, I mean, of uh, of moving and like, Lord, I didn't know how this was going to go. And then I got another job and they said, Lord, we all have to do this virtually. And how are we going to do this? I didn't know how this was going to go. But you know what? I'm, I'm going forward. I'm saying, God, the responsibility is not mine. The task is that I'm to preach. The task is that I'm to pray. The task is, is that I'm to believe. The task is that I'm to lead. The task is that I'm to follow. And what all I do is keep doing the task and the responsibility, bro, is his. And what I find is that what God is telling, you know, safe house is still well, alive and well. I know some of us, you know, there's even somebody told me, oh, I thought you shut the church down and moved to Alabama. I didn't tell you all that. <laughs> See, this is the stuff that people just be assuming. Don't assume. Because Safe House Church is live and well, amen. And, you know, everybody who was here in the beginning is still here, amen. Five years later, we still going for what? This is our core, and God is building us. And remember, I told you all, it's like the multiplication. What happens is just stop, pop, 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 boom. And mathematics, we call it, 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 it blows up, amen. But that's exponential growth. So it's just like, choo, 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 woo. And this is where we headed. We're just going, choo, 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 woo. And this is why we can't give up. And this is why we can't give in. And I'm here to tell you today that this also applies to your life. Amen. I didn't even get on the other side about how this definitely applies to us. I just stayed on the spiritual side today. I thought I was going to get both. Maybe it was a little too much. Amen. But God did what he wanted to do. And I'm grateful. I hope that you understand and walk away with this understanding that God has delegated tasks to you, but not the responsibility. It's his responsibility to take care of you. It's his responsibility to make sure that you have all your needs. And all he tells you to do is what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and what? All these things shall be added unto you. Are you doing the task today? God bless you all. I love you all. I have nothing else for you on today. I hope that this word has been a blessing to you. Maybe you'll go back and you'll listen to it again on YouTube or uh, watch it again. Um, these things are already there. But I, I just believe that God is calling you to the next level of what being able to do the delegated test. There's other things that he wants you to do. There's other places he wants you to be his mouthpiece, but you're scared to walk out. You say, Lord, I don't have this. Lord, I'm not good at that. Lord, I'm not done that. Lord, I never, lived, I never lived in Alabama before. And I still don't know nobody down here, but I'm growing. I have an impact. You know, and, and, and this is the part, you know, it's like God puts you in isolation for seasons of your life and it's things and, you know, and I'm relying on him more today than I ever have. And this is everyday why, because there's always something new on my desk. There's always a new situation, a new thing to look at, a new way to, um, to figure this out, another thing to challenge this and change that. And I ask myself all the time, well, okay, God. And I find myself saying, Lord, I don't know what to do. Lord, how do I handle this situation? What would Jesus do? <laughs> and, and, and it's okay. You know, he's my father. And I know he put me here. He's given me this task. But I know he's going to take responsibility for my success. And he's going to take responsibility for yours. Let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you, Lord, this morning. Lord, we just want to say thank you. Lord, we thank you for this awesome word on today, Lord Jesus, that you allowed to come through me, Lord Jesus, that you... Lord, giving us these tasks to do, oh God, but you've taken the responsibility. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord, you for all that you've done and all that you continue to do for us. Lord, I see you watch them keep your people. Help them to go forward, Lord. You bless them and keep them, Lord, like only you can. Open up doors for them financially, oh God. Bless them, Lord Jesus. 
Or over the top blessings, oh God, Lord, you keep them and love on them, Lord, you help them, oh God, to be all that you call them to be, to do what you have them to do, Lord, you to move how you have them to move, to walk how you have them to walk, and to talk how you have them to talk, Lord, and to say what you have them to say. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord, and we love you, Lord, you're all our heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, for you are good, Lord Jesus, and you're worthy, worthy, worthy to be praised, Lord. And we just honor you in this place on today, and we honor you in this space on today, and we honor you, Lord, you to know that you are Jehovah Jireh, that you are our provider. That you're Jehovah Nisi, Lord, that you fight our battle, you're Jehovah Sigurdu, that you God Almighty, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, and we love you for all our heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit to know that you are God and that you are good and that you're worthy to be praised. And we ask you all these things of others in the powerful name of Jesus, for we know this one thing and we know this to be true, that we walk by faith and not by sight. Bless this offering, oh God, that we receive, Lord, that they bring in their tithe and offer them into the storehouse, Lord, as we offer this up to you. For the upkeep of this ministry, oh God, Lord, you in the upkeep of your place, oh God. Lord, you this place that we dwell here on earth, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, and we love you, and we praise your name. Lord, we ask you to all you things of others in the powerful name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you all. Love you all. At this point in time, we want to move to the offering part of our service. So if you would be so kind, as God has laid on your heart, if you want to bring the tithe and offering into the storehouse on this morning, how can you do that? Glad that you asked. Um, tithe and offering here is done by way of the safe. I mean, <clears throat> done by way of the cash app. Um, cash app that's dollar sign safe house church GSO. Again, that's dollar sign safe house church GSO. Or you can do Zale at offering at safe house church GSO.com. That's our email address offering at safe house church GSO.com. Or you can always do PayPal, paypal.me forward slash ministry aid. Again, you can do PayPal at paypal.me forward slash ministry or you can write a check or a money order to finding fish ministries as on um, p.o box 862 summerfield north carolina 27358 again that's finding fish ministries p.o box 862 summerfield north carolina 27358 hallelujah 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 Woo, Lord, i don't know about you all but i'm feeling good in my spirit you know what i took that weight off me that i don't have the responsibility I am to do the delegated task. God bless you all. Love you all. Remember on tomorrow morning, we'll be at our prayer 6 a.m. That's Eastern Standard Time. That's 5 a.m. for uh, those of us who are in the central time zone. Amen. We'll be on that, uh, guiding it back down to about 30 minutes. So I'm trying to get through it. Not get through it, but go through faster. Amen. So that I know many of you now are back in work and a number of you are teachers and you're getting your kids ready and all this stuff. And I understand that. Amen. So we, but we still want to have that around that cloak of prayer on, um, on us. Amen. So therefore, we will be praying. Remember on Wednesday night, we do have our Bible study and we look forward to continuing there in um, Genesis being the 43rd chapter now and we continue to do that work. God bless you all. I love you all. You all continue to pray for me as I pray for you and I ask that you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Spend time with your family and get to um, love on each other and just um, be good. God, take care. Um, you all take care. I love you and until the next time, um, you all be blessed. Love you. Bye-bye. <laughs>